out of them while he worked. I conceived a taste for them that was rare and perhaps unique at my age. Plutarch especially became my favourite author. The pleasure I took in reading him over and over again cured me a little of my taste for romance, and I soon preferred Agisselaus, Brutus, and Aristides to Orondates, Artemenes, and Juba. This interesting reading and the conversations between my father and myself to which it gave rise formed in me the free and republican spirit, the proud and indomitable character unable to endure slavery or servitude, which has tormented me throughout my life in situations the least fitted to afforded scope. Unceasingly occupied with thoughts of Rome and Athens, living as it were amongst their great men, myself by birth the citizen of a republic and the son of a father whose patriotism was his strongest passion, I was fired by his example. I believed myself a Greek or a Roman. I lost my identity in that of the individual whose life I was reading. The recitals of the quality of endurance and intrepidity which arrested my attention made my eyes glisten and strengthened my voice. One day, while I was relating the history of Skyvola at table, those present were alarmed to see me come forward and hold my hand over a chafing dish to illustrate his action. I had a brother seven years older than myself who was learning my father's trade. The excessive affection which was lavished upon myself caused him to be somewhat neglected, which treatment I cannot approve of. His education felt the consequences of this neglect. He took to evil courses before he was old enough to be a regular profligate. He was put with another master, from whom he was continually running away, as he had done from home. I hardly ever saw him. I can scarcely say that I knew him. But I never ceased to love him tenderly, and he loved me as much as a vagabond can love anything. I remember that on one occasion, when my father was chastising him harshly and in anger, I threw myself impetuously between them and embraced him closely. In this manner I covered his body with mine, and received the blows which were aimed at him. I so obstinately maintained my position that at last my father was obliged to leave off, being either disarmed by my cries and tears, or afraid of hurting me more than him. At last my brother turned out so badly that he ran away and disappeared altogether. Some time afterwards we heard that he was in Germany. He never once wrote to us. From that time nothing more has been heard of him, and thus I have remained an only son. If this poor boy was carelessly brought up, this was not the case with his brother. The children of kings could not be more carefully looked after than I was during my early years, worshipped by all around me, and, which is far less common, treated as a beloved, never as a spoiled child. Till I left my father's house I was never once allowed to run about the streets by myself with the other children— in my case, no one ever had to satisfy or check any of those fantastic whims which are attributed to nature, but are all in reality the result of education. I had the faults at my age. I was a chatterbox, a glutton, and sometimes a liar. I would have stolen fruits, bonbons, or eatables, but I have never found pleasure in doing harm or damage, in accusing others, 
or in tormenting poor dumb animals. I remember, however, that I once made water in a saucepan belonging to one of our neighbours, Madame Clot, while she was at church. I declare that even now the recollection of this makes me laugh, because Madame Clot, a good woman in other respects, was the most confirmed old grumbler I've ever known. Such is the brief and true story of all my childish offences. How could I become wicked when I had nothing but examples of gentleness before my eyes, and none around me but the best people in the world? My father, my aunt, my nurse, my relations, our friends, our neighbours. All who surrounded me did not, it is true, obey me, but they loved me.